Hello everybody, welcome to The Last 10 Minutes, a comedy podcast where we watch the last 10 minutes of films we've never seen and try to work out what they're about. Today, Sean and I, my name's Will, nailed the intro. We are joined <laughs> by Sam Walls. Hi Sam. Hello, you did, you did really well because you got my name spot on. Yeah, and I forgot about all the other words because I was just riding up to Sam Walls. That's it, that's you me. Kind of, you kind of put my name in the middle of a load of other jargon, which was lovely. Yeah, I try and just buffer your name away. Uh, so if anyone's wondering who Sam is, I asked Sean to write him an intro. Uh, so he, Sean doesn't know Sam, but he, he scoured Sam's internet website, which is just History. known as a website. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it sounded like that's what was coming next, but it wasn't. It was just your internet. Your internet presence is the word I lost <laughs> and just found. Sam Walsh is, is an actor, comedian, and voice artiste who got into... It doesn't say artiste. I added the East as artist. <laughs> Uh, who got into theatre at the age of four while he was still wetting the bed. You may have seen him up at the Edinburgh Fringe performing Knowledge and a Girl, but he is most famous for co-founding comedy group Bad Clowns, where he is commonly known as the funny one. Sam <sighs> loves Kingston, U- Kingston University, talks about his first-class honours a lot, and has affected the Irish Dublin accent. Welcome, Sam. Thank- that was amazing. Would you be my agent? No. Um, I think, <laughs> Sean, did you mean perfected or just affected the Irish Dublin accent? I think I think I I was trying to sound really intelligent. Mm, like you failed to bio. That. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, Affect, <laughs> affected. I thought was a word for like being able to do an accent, um, which you know you, massive claims of the accents on your website, um, which I really like. Uh, Dublin <laughs> Irish was there. Um, oh, upper, oh, I know what you're talking English about. Are you well. talking about my website? I am yeah, talking yeah. about your website. Did you not get that yeah. when I said your internet? Sorry, no, uh, I forget. My my dad made that for me. Uh, he's my agent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think I've looked at that for maybe four years. Is that why well, it's still so, working? You, you love Kingston <laughs> University. Your dad just loves Kingston University. He loves that I love Kingston University. Nice. Um, <laughs> so, Sam, how, how are you? How's life treating you? Um, how A third thing. Uh, well, a third thing's really been affecting me recently. Mm. Um, I mean, I don't know how much into detail you actually want me to go, given our, our conversation prior to starting, but I just had to postpone my wedding for the second time. So it's just admin heaven. Could you not just get married three times? Like, just do the registry office each time? No, that's a dumb... Edit it out! We could do... We could do a, well, a, a, you know what they say, three times lucky. Yeah, but they also say bad things come in threes. Yeah, yeah but they also there's, say there's a lot of comedy comes say. in threes. There's, there's actually, there's Three enough sayings word. to say that any good or bad things will come in any amount. Mm. Not in 26s. Not in 26s. I don't think good. there's a saying about 26s. Is that the year, is 26 the year that all, all the musicians died? Is that like the, the, the year that everyone died? Do you remember? 1926. <laughs> no, no. No, no. Sean, <laughs> Sean said 26. The year 26. No, as in, you know, like Kurt Cobain and Amy Winehouse. I mean, oh, the age. the age. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah sorry. You said I the year. I didn't mean the year. I don't think, I don't think they were that old. <laughs> they were 27. Uh, 27 Wait, Club. Yeah. Amy Winehouse I, and Kurt Cobain. Oh, uh, okay, all right. I, I couldn't decide I if just... you thought all musicians had died in 1926 or you were planning to kill musicians <laughs> in 2026. No, Sam, that was the death of music for me, 1926. Those were the golden eras of music. After that, it was all downhill. So you probably hated the music in this film, Citizen Kane, from 1941. That's true, yeah, yeah, I couldn't stand it. 
That was a tenuous segue, wasn't it? Yeah, that was good. Lovely. I was shocked. I forgot <laughs> why we were here. <laughs> well, we're here because none of us have seen the film Citizen Kane, which I think is maybe like an arrestable offence in film circles. Yeah, it's definitely the most famous film I've never seen. Because mm. well, it's, it's for spoiling it with us. No, it's. I mean, I can tell you, I I've got no. It spoiled nothing. It, it was just <laughs> nonsense. I did not understand. But it's it's commonly called the best film of all time, isn't it? By people. Yeah. That's like the defining film. So uh, to clarify for the listeners, all three of us haven't seen it. uh, And we went away and watched. I watched the first 10 minutes. Sean watched the middle 10 minutes. And Sam watched the last 10 minutes. So before we get into those things, Sam, what did you know about the film beforehand other than that it's the best film, allegedly? Um, So I knew that the protagonist, uh, Mr. Kane, was at some point in the film uh, a bit tubby. And that's oh. really my kind of peripheral knowledge about the film. How I, did you gain that the wow, knowledge that. of his body shape? Um, because there's a film that came out recently with Gary Oldman, which is about the writer of Citizen Kane, I think, oh. or someone involved in the. And in an article about that, it had a picture from Citizen Kane of Citizen Kane. <laughs> so that is that's the extent of your knowledge. Is basically that yeah. picture and people saying. Citizen Kane. And I'm sure The Simpsons did it, right? Did Citizen Kane in some way? Yeah, I imagine yeah. The Simpsons probably managed to do Citizen Kane before Citizen Kane did. Yeah, I reckon yeah, so. Yeah, it's probably one of those episodes that I just went right over my head. There was a couple of like, you know when you watch The Simpsons, there's a couple of American references that you're just like, I got nothing! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then you move on and then they do something else that's funny. Generally yeah, funny. Globally because, funny. Yeah, because for every joke they have where they <laughs> predict something that's happened now... There is also three jokes referring to a celebrity at the time. Yeah, and even when, yeah, yeah. even when I was watching it, you know, on Channel 4, just after Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. No, of just course. after Weakest Link, just before Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, those references were already dated then. Mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're I a regular I, I Gladys to Minor flan. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'd still laugh, though. I'd still laugh. Absolutely. Yeah. Because um, I mean, one... you felt like you were sorry. I was just going to say, did you feel like you were part of Mo Sislak's bar when they were all joking about Barney was burping, Homer was there? Who were those two other guys that nobody can remember the names of? You mean Lenny and Carl? Do you mean Lenny and Carl? That, yeah, Lenny and Carl. Sorry, I apologise so much. <laughs> Obviously, Unbelievable. huge Simpsons Absolutely fans unacceptable. here. No, we're sorry, not well, huge when when, fans. We just... when you invited me onto this podcast, I thought I'd be. Uh... <laughs> Uh, dealing with professionals. <laughs> this is uh... the two guys. No one knows the name. Of. <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, they're just like no. They're important characters. When there was the barbershop quartet, they were big, big part of that that uh, get up. But um, you know, on a daily basis, they don't make. They don't. They're not mainstream Simpsons. They're I not mean... mainstream. I cannot disagree more. Okay, Lenny and Carl. Let... <laughs> we will get to Citizen Kane in a, in a minute, but this needs to be dealt with. Um, so I'm going to, uh, if I could refer to the bard uh, for a moment. Uh, in Hamlet, there are two characters uh, who I'm sure you know, uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Right? Uh, now, to say that they don't contribute to the plot of Hamlet is, is, is frankly ludicrous. Uh, so, so if you were to, to make the comparison with Lenny and Carl, the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, of Matt Groening's epic, The Simpsons, uh, frankly, okay. it's deplorable, it's laughable. It really, really is. All right, so there are no small parts. We've understood that. 
Uh, yeah. I'm sorry, it was just a throwaway comment. I didn't think it was going to get that much airtime. <laughs> I mean, I'm afraid you're not. You tried to throw it away. We picked it up, rinsed it out, and started it again. I would really, really <laughs> like to see the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern dead version of Lenny and Carl. Like, if if the if the Simpsons do or have done Hamlet, I guarantee that's who they'll be. Yeah, yeah. yeah I would have thought they've done something to do with Hamlet. I mean, they've done um, the Bible. You don't. You don't go straight for the... Well, it's always been oddly religious, The Simpsons. Yeah. Mm. I, didn't, I didn't know we'd spend so much time on The Simpsons, but I read an article the other day about this, like, this, The Simpsons being a depiction of this, like, middle American, like, struggling middle-class family is now, is now something that Americans aspire to because it's, like, not aspire to, but can't achieve having, you know one one parent working and still able to scrape through and support a family and own a house and stuff yeah, yeah, this idea yeah. of it being like that's like they were sort of like the middle and now it's like it's way harder for it's harder for young people don't know why i said it in a an insincere way i just yeah. felt like it had got a bit sincere and i thought i'd try not to cut myself <laughs> um so we've learned a lot about the simpsons there uh sean yeah. I haven't asked you what you knew about Citizen Kane before you saw the middle ten minutes of Citizen Kane. Uh, to be to be perfectly honest with you, I didn't know it was a film. So like, you don't have this news. Not really. No. Like, uh, I remember when Will and I were going through like the top films when we started this podcast, and he was like Citizen Kane, and I was like, "What the fuck's that?" Um. So no, no, I haven't. I I didn't know. I just knew it was like an American film. Um, and I thought probably about courts, um, but I don't think it's about courts, guys. <laughs> no, I think I think that might be a good guess, Sean. Um, yeah, I was similar. I just heard people say like, "This is my Citizen Kane," or like, "This is his Citizen Kane." Yeah, that's the term, isn't it? That's the term you hear all the time. This is that was yeah. his Citizen Kane. Mm. Um, I thought they were just talking about Michael Kane. <laughs> <laughs> this is his Citizen Kane. So we're going to talk about the, the film that we now have seen uh, and we're going to do it in reverse order. So Sam, you're going to talk to us about the last 10 minutes. You watched the last 10 minutes of the film. Explain to us what happened in the last 10 minutes of the film. Yeah, so it starts with... Uh, it, the one thing I've noticed is that everyone has the same... All the men that I saw have the same voice. <laughs> There's lots of like. Could you do that voice? It's like we gotta go over here. See, we gotta get the scoop on Citizen Kane. See that that that. Um. So he wasn't lying. His dad wasn't lying about the accents, Sean. No, oh, yeah, fantastic, really good. Thank I you, haven't heard the dad. Dublin one yet, but I'm very excited about the rest. Um. So it started off with like a dame, uh, uh a dame, uh, not a dame Judy Dench, but a, a, a broad, if you will. Um. And she's discussing, they're talking... A, a woman. <laughs> yeah, if you like. Um, so, <laughs> um, she's wearing a, a big fur coat and she talks about how she's lost all her money. All her money's gone. Uh, and there's a reporter in, in shadow who's like, oh, I'm sorry about that. And she's like, nah, it's just my money. It's just gone. Then there was a horrible screech and a bird appeared on the screen. And then the reporter was talking to an Italian fellow who said that he had heard Mr. Kane talk about Rosebud. And then 
there was a scene where Citizen Kane, I presume, smashes a bedroom, which seems shamelessly stolen from Tommy Wiseau's The Room, if you ask me. Uh, but he smashes it to bits <laughs> over the course of about five minutes, and then he says, Rosebud. And then they're selling all of his things. And they put loads of things into a fire. And one of the things they put is a like a tray that says Rosebud. And the tray catches a, a light and there's some sad music and it zooms out. And then we get a uh, image of a K at the top of a gate and it goes the end. So I've, I've got nothing. I've got no clue what that film is about. <laughs> I assume Rosebud is a is a is a is a lady because it was a lady's room he was smashing up. There was also a yeah. It's was, a weird. Did did he seem upset about saying Rosebud? Was he saying it like "fuck you, Rosebud"? Or was he? See, at first he was like Rosebud, and then he smashed the room with kind of no facial expression, <laughs> and then afterwards his eyes were wet and he said Rosebud. Wow. Wow. Sean, you got any questions for Sam about the last ten minutes of the film? Uh, I want to know. I want to know who we think. Who do you think Rosebud is? Yeah, so I assume it's a, it's a, it's a lady. Um, there was also talk. I, there as they're going through all this stuff that they're selling slash burning. There's a jigsaw puzzle, and all these there's all these people in here again, all with the same accent, all like, yeah, we're going over here. Yeah, can I come down? Oh, we're gonna put this in a box. See, and then. There's a jigsaw, and they're like, ah, maybe Rosebud was the final piece of the puzzle. The, the one thing he couldn't have, and he could have it all. So I assume it's a lady that he loved and lost. Hmm. So what do you think? What do you think the film's about, Sam? <laughs> Based on that. <laughs> so if I just extrapolate the data from that section, I can tell you with oh, yeah, confidence yeah. that this film is about a man that goes from bedroom to bedroom, smashing them to bits. And then talking about flowers. So I imagine we start. Are you oh, sure? So he's like oh god, cereal flower, cereal flower kid. Well, no, it, we we don't see him interact with a flower. What we see is so we start with a young uh, citizen Kane, and he goes lily petal, and then he smashes this bedroom for about five to ten minutes. Bam, crash, and then we see him in another bedroom, and 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 he goes sunflower seed, and then bam, smash, crash. <laughs> I, I think you you're almost to... there. I think I think what he is is someone who works in like a nursery. Like he's a horticulturist. Mm. I think I'm using that <laughs> term correctly. And he keeps losing his bulbs and his seeds, and he goes yeah, crazy and has to. Find he works them. in a florist, and he just gets really annoyed when people uh, treat flowers badly. Yeah, and like <laughs> he just feels like he has to take vengeance on on the flowers by. But breaking shit. Yeah, so, so yeah, he spent his whole life. Yeah. So he goes to their house, and they're like, "Oh my god, who are you? What are you doing here?" And he's like, "Rosebud," and they know, they know why he's there. <laughs> they know, yeah. They're like, "Oh shit, it's this guy. Why did I do that? Why did I kill those rosebuds?" <laughs> so it's kind of like the um, it's kind of like the equalizer. Uh, great, but, thanks for sharing for flowers. that with us, Sam. I've just my internet's just gone. Oh, I spoke over you because that's all right. My internet was gone. Go take that line again, you chuck. <laughs> I think what I think what Sam was saying is it's kind of like the equalizer, but for flowers. Yeah. Uh, I didn't understand the equalizer. But what, what you what about. you forgot, Sam, is that Will hasn't seen any films, oh, of so he will not get that. The reference. premise of yeah, the yeah. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that old chestnut. 
Um, uh, yeah, it's exactly like the equalizer. Um, okay, Sean, um, <laughs> based on... Uh, l- l- you watched the middle 10 minutes, yeah? I did, yeah. I watched... Uh, so the, the whole film is 119 minutes. So I, I said, okay, it's probably 120. I went from 55 to 65. That's um, important information. Mm-hmm. And uh, just, uh, just in case you're wondering where the middle is... Um, so I'm sure lots of people will. we open on a woman coming out of a dentist and she's in fits of giggles, right? So it's like a uh, real old kind of like film, film, not film noir, but film, black and white film, you know, obviously. film, film, black and white, <laughs> film, black and white. And she comes out of this dentist and she's like laughing at this guy who's just been absolutely. Well, no, actually, no, first. There's a guy in a in a hat, a peaked hat with a moustache, who's talking about. He's like he says something like, "Well, the thing is, she, he didn't have the quality or something like nice. that." Nice. And then we and then we cut to and then we cut to this woman coming out of the dentist. She's got toothache, but she's giggling. So sorry, she's still got it after leaving the dentist. Yeah, and, and but she's giggling. She can't stop giggling. And I'm like, what? obviously she's had some anaesthetic. or, or... But then I realise she's laughing at this guy who's just been soaked by this car in the street. And uh, a puddle has been splashed all over his suit. And I'm a bit like, well, this is a bit harsh. This guy's just had like, like a bit of a misfortune and this woman's just laughing at him. But then he gets super creepy. So he's like... Starts sort of flirting with her, and uh, and then they're back at they're sort he sort of courts her, but in a bit of a weird way, in a bit of a like, pr- like just doesn't you know like when he says one sentence and then he'll just leave like a kind of awkward silence for a long time. Anyway, so she's like, they Doing go back podcast. to her place, <laughs> yeah, and um, and uh, they go back to her their place and or his place. I don't know. It was really Hopefully, confusing, yeah. and then, and then they talk for a while, uh, and he's doing this voice. It's like, you look, you look really beautiful. You, so I was thinking, oh, is this a mistress? Is this? Is he like just found someone on the street? And she did that classic sort of forties, like, oh, you just, and he's like, can I watch you sing? And she's like, you wouldn't want to see me sing. And he's like, oh, I would. I definitely would. So she sings some opera. And he loves it. And he claps Thank God for that. like this. <laughs> like, a bit, a bit like, come on, condescending. Give her a proper clap, you dick. Um, and then, uh, and then what happens? And then, and then it cuts from her singing to him being in like a sort of political rally. And... There's another woman there who's dressed to the nines in like a fur coat with a, and a, and there's his son obviously, and he's obviously like this kind of working man's politician, and I was like, oh okay, I can see why this film's quite important, and then, um, but then after the rally, after everyone's cheering him on, uh, his wife I think, obviously says, oh, I've put I've put the son in a taxi and he's going home, and he's like, why? Why are you doing that? She's like, oh, he needs to go home. So then they all end up going back together. And then the cliffhanger I left it on was that they were going into this room to find out some something that's happened, some news. And uh, it was very confusing. But what I realised is they were probably doing flashbacks 
and maybe like, may I? I it was very confusing. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, do you want to know any more about what Sean said? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, he's got a mistress and a wife. You reckon? Yeah, that's that's what I couldn't work out. So he was. They didn't look. Maybe they were the same person, and they were flashing back to when they first met or something. Um, but the woman who was at the rally seemed quite stern and, you know, like sort of, he's got, you know, she sent his son back in a cab before the night's over. And the woman, the other woman was like really sort of like kind of a bit uh, more free, I guess. A bit, bit, bit less... Uh, Bit less stern. That was, that was just, so I was like, oh, they've got to be different. Just after a trip to the dentist me- for, for the first. Poss- yeah, possibly. Possibly she just was high well, on. In the, in the 40s, they uh, used heroin as anaesthetic, I believed. Uh, well, probably, yeah. That, um, I'm not going to look that up. That They probably did. Didn't. I mean, you still get morphine is still an opiate. Like, it's still a form Yeah, it's of, still opiate. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, uh, I believe it. Yeah. Send your letters of complaint to Sam Wallace. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that is, this film is bizarre. Yeah, that does not yeah, does not marry bizarre. with my ten minutes. I I think it's almost no. it's almost as if like the films that we usually do are like very they're structured in a Hollywood story structure way that it's like beginning, middle, and end. And this one seems more of a like I don't know. I think the the way I sort of understand this film is it was like a really dynamic and new way of making films and he like they did a load of crazy stuff that was very new and now we're just like huh Mm. Uh, it also might be the fact that we watched it completely out of order and only watched 10 minutes of it i don't know Mm. Um, do you want to know what happened in the first 10 minutes yeah yeah i think that's that's already put the pieces together yeah yeah Yeah, come on let's see if we can put this jigsaw cold open no trespassing. Chain link fence. Oh, sorry. That's the cold end also. I've just remembered. No. No trespassing. That's it the... goes on to the K and then it fades into a no trespassing sign. I forgot, but now I remember. Whoa. Do you reckon they did that because they sort of predicted that TikTok would be a thing so that it would like loop, like a perfect loop mm-hmm. the film? I mean, it, it, was, it was... Who directed it? Orson Welles? Yes, Orson Welles directed it. Yeah, Ten he did. points. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was his Citizen Kane, so you know he was ahead of the curve. <laughs> <laughs> that should not have tickled me as much as it did. It's uh, very good. Um, so we we see a load of like slow crossfades of of different images. There's like a Bengal tiger cage with some monkeys on it. I know it's a Bengal tiger cage because it had a sign that said Bengal tigers. Um, I'm not like that cage looks like it was hold a tiger, but where specifically would this tiger be from? Um, there's some boats. It's all black and white. There's a golf hole. It's smoky AF, man. It's real smoky. There's a church, and then it does this weird cut where it's like these two church windows that light up, or they look churchy. We're actually we're not in a church, but we'll get to that. And then it cuts from the outside to the inside, and Citizen Kane is lying there. I imagine it's Citizen Kane, and um, he and then and then. And then it zooms into like, it zooms into like a, a house, like a cabin that's all snowy. And then it pulls out really quickly. And that was a snow globe oh. uh, in the hand of Citizen Kane. And then the snow, he whispers, he says, Rosebud, 
and the snow globe falls off and smashes. And then in the smash snow globe, you see a nurse come in. Citizen Kane is dead. The film starts with him dying. And then <laughs> it suddenly is like, <laughs> and has this like um, brassy, like uh, sort of like imperial trumpety news thing. And it's like, ah, welcome to the news. Uh, now we're going to talk about, and it's like this documentary about, uh, what's his name? Something Kane. Yeah, what? Charles what, Foster. What is his Kane, name? I think it is. Charles Foster Kane. <laughs> who, who the hell is this guy? Because it's not Citizen. So he is. He, I, I paused it, wrote some stuff down because I was like, he, he lives in this place called Xanadu. Um, which I think is a song. That's water. Obviously, the song. No, no, that's Sorry. water. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Xanadu. Um, so Xanadu is this private mountain that Kane lives on and owns. His name is Charles Foster Kane. And basically the rest, that was the first couple of minutes. And then the, the rest of the first 10 minutes was just this news report of like, ah, last week, 1941's biggest funeral, Charles Foster Kane is dead. He had a media empire, grocery stores, forests, factories, mines, poops, dances. And people call him a communist. He supported the civil, the civil war, but he was anti-World War I. He was twice married, twice divorced. And it's just like a documentary about him. It's 1941, okay, and, then okay. it's, and he supported the the Civil War. No, sorry, not the Civil no. War. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, How old is this guy? Uh, I did write the Civil War. He supported two wars, and one of them was... Uh, he supported a war... Oh, okay, okay, okay. So I have started to piece this together a little bit. Is that I from think... the trivia that you've looked at? <laughs> no. Or not? Oh, sorry, that well, wasn't accusatory. I mean, I have so. looked at trivia, but... I, from from my, what's really difficult is Sam's ten minutes still is a bit, apart from the no trespassing thing isn't really linking up with mine or yours. Yeah. But I think I think it it's full of flashbacks of this guy, really important guy who made a massive difference to. I don't know, like the world, the American work, American people, and um, it's about his life. And mm. through the perspective of a guy who knew him really well or something. Okay. Um, but what has it got to do with flowers? Well, I've got an alternative uh, theory, <laughs> if, if you don't mind. Yeah, I, please. See, I'm, please. Not at all. I'm pretty sure I had it spot on. So I can only imagine <laughs> the 10 minutes you guys happened to watch were just like pointless scenes. So like maybe 11th minute in, he's in the florists. But we did. You yeah, missed yeah. that. I mean, I mean, this was like it began the documentary of his life, talking about the things he'd done. But it didn't talk about how he made his dosh. You mm. know, it, it, I imagine it was then like, and we all know the reason Charles Foster Kane was so rich was because of all his flowers. Because he, because he's, because <laughs> what I'm picturing is he's a, he's like a flower bounty hunter. So like he right. he walks into the florists and there's a there's a notice board of people that have mistreated flowers in the area and he rips down a poster. He's a bouquet hunter. Bouquet, that I like the that. equivalent. Bouquet hunter, yeah. And that, and that is so. That is his side. So, do you think that all of his kind of campaigning is a front for just selling flowers and and taking his like yeah. getting revenge he, back on people who just don't treat plants? Yeah, I well? think I think selling the flowers is a a means to fund his bouquet hunting. 
and B, yeah. a method of finding those that mistreat flowers. Yeah, and it's, it's sort of like, you know, where when people get into government and politics to fund their, you know, their big tech company or their big manufacturing firm. So he's just, you know, using it to find flower haters. I, I think this is, I think we've got it. I think it, this makes sense. I don't think we need to actually watch it because we we understand Citizen Kane mm -hmm. now. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Is just... Before I make this joke, I just want to quickly make sure that this is uh, the, the correct terminology. <laughs> but flowers germinate, right? Mm -hmm. That's the thing that happens. Yes, yes. Only yeah, on do, the continent. Yeah, yeah. In which yeah. case, he is Citizen Kane, the germinator. That's, oh, that's yeah. very and that's, good. You know what? The, the humour there is enhanced by me double-checking that it was a joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think you should always show your work beforehand. I, I, earlier yeah, when yeah, I said yeah. horticulturist, I panicked and I still don't know if I, I, it was the right usage of and it. You know? I do realise, <laughs> given that it's in, in 1941, so mid-World War II, calling someone the Germinator may be troublesome. <laughs> yeah, potentially, <laughs> but I, I think we've yeah, moved I, on I, enough. Yeah. I guess uh, flowers would have been quite a big deal, though, back then, you know, because they were rationed and... Uh, yeah, you know, people weren't really allowed flowers, so you know, That's why eating them so would have been cash. a yeah, eating them would have been a big deal. People would have eaten flowers, plants. Sorry, <laughs> Sorry eat what? Eating them? Who's eating flowers? Yeah, eat, yes, oh, just people. It was the nineteen forties. You'd like rash. you'd go get a bag of rose buds yeah. and eat them on the street corner with a couple <laughs> of top gals. See? <laughs> are you thinking of? Are you thinking of flower, Sean? Are you thinking of flower? As it, oh, as in, you know, like... <laughs> Self-raising. As in what you made cakes out of. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, that was what I was, I was thinking about, yeah. yeah. And uh, my dog which was, just came Which in. was in short demand. Yes, it would, yeah. Oh, the dog... Have you gone, Pooch? The dog makes an appearance on every podcast now. That's so nice. Uh, and it's lovely, isn't it? It's, it's uh, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like we should kind of get it involved, really. And it could be... What's your dog's name, Will? Nala, like from the Lion King. Very nice. And, uh, has I, Nala, see, I've has Nala seen Sister Nars. Sid and Kane? No. I don't care no, about that. She, she, she hasn't <laughs> seen Sisters and Kane, but she hasn't watched many films. She's only like 12 months yeah, old. Well, I, that, she's got all of that to come, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We will sit down and watch through... Uh, yeah. 101 through Dalmatians. Forrest Gump. Start yeah, yeah. with Forrest well, Gump. <laughs> oh well yeah the, the best film of all time yeah um i absolutely had something to say it has gone out of my brain so i think it's time for us to move on uh to a round that we always do which is a trivia section where we ask you questions and you gotta get the answer right or um we'll stab you with a rose thorn Ooh, okay um sean would you like to go first or would you like to go second because sean and i both prepared five uh... questions each i think <laughs> i think i'll go second today Fantastic. I wanted to go first, too. First, the worst. Second, the, the, the best. Worst, like the well-versed. The, the, ger the yeah, well-versed. I, I am I was definitely going to well like a German sausage because of the germinating talk. Oh, um, yeah. So, German sausage. I, <laughs> I think... I'm, I don't know whether to give away something about the film to maybe make it a bit easier. So, I might screw Well, up. I mean... It, it, if I can be honest, it's going to take a lot to dislodge this flower bounty hunter plot from my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, 
this Citizen Kane is based on a guy, um, a real life person, um, who is like a, a media baron tycoon person who owed loads of money, sort of like a Trumpian figure, mm-hmm. uh, I think. Florist, a florist, yeah. Yeah, also, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> had his hand in the bulbs for sure. Uh, William Randolph <laughs> Hearst is the guy it's made after. And it's quite controversial that Orson Welles was sort of making a direct, like, directly pointing and sort of being like, you're a bad person. So there's a lot of controversy around surrounding the filming. Question number one. During filming, Orson Welles the actor and director, received a warning that um, what was going to happen to jump into his arms in his hotel room. So he received a warning that what was going to jump into his arms when he went into his hotel room. Not Very weird question. So, what, during filming or just when he got back to his hotel room? Yeah, not on set. When he got back to his hotel room during the, the filming, but not on set. <sighs> uh, well, I mean, the only thing... A dog? It's got to be a dog. Right, but that seems... A dog. I'm going to say it's one of the chimps that was on the Bengal tiger cage. <laughs> oh. That's... Yeah, to be fair, a dog seems a little bit normal. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's nothing to write home about. I think I think it's got to be something... I, I vote uh, a rabbit because he was really into magic. Nice. Uh, I'm afraid neither are correct, so... William Randolph Hearst, the guy who was being uh, slandered in this film, heard about the filming and stuff, he hired a naked woman to jump into Orson Welles' arms when he entered his hotel room. And there was a photographer there who was going to take a picture to discredit him. But Orson Welles was warned and uh, he didn't stay there that night. And so we we don't know if it actually went through or happened uh, because he didn't stay there that night. Um, and uh, William Randolph Hearst also called Orson Welles a communist. What? What a like? What a convoluted plan! Like, if if he's if he is this Citizen Kane yeah. figure and he is rich, why doesn't he just pay someone to fucking shoot him or something? Yes, it is. It does feel a little bit like the film of the making of this film would be just as interesting. Like, like that. That <laughs> that sounds to me like. A fake prank. It's like when you hear that Jared Leto sent like dead rats and used condoms to his co-stars and Suicide Squad. It's kind of like, oh, what a quirky thing they did making the film. But actually, that was his attempt to shut this thing down. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to shut him down, see? Once he's been seen with a naked broad, there's no coming back from that. (laughs) And by broad, I mean woman. (laughs) What? Question number two. And also, if he was a communist... in those days, it would have been like, oh my God, a communist with a woman? <laughs> no, forgive me if, if I'm wrong, but at the time, it was 1941, so it would have been mid-World War II fighting alongside communist Russia against the Germans. And wasn't there a big um, yeah. friendly Uncle Joe kind of uh, thing going on? And it was only kind of after that uh, the uh, negative idea of communism, I thought, cropped up. I thought that because obviously mm. the Cold War is quite a long time after this, and 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 also before the Cold War. But like, it just seems. I I never thought communism was a massive part of the Second World War, but maybe it was afterwards. Uh, I didn't research this. <laughs> All I can tell you is is Hearst definitely at some point in his life called Orson Welles a communist. Bad. When that happened, can't <laughs> For tell. The owner you. of a media empire, Look. he's really bad at slander. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah. It's not his forte. This guy gets laid and <laughs> believes in sharing well. Yeah. <laughs> he has common beliefs um, to that of our allies. <laughs> <laughs> Question number two. Uh, how many cups of coffee did Orson Welles drink a day? And in one sitting, how many steaks would he eat? Oh, it's Ooh. it's a lot, isn't it? It's not going to oh. be one. <laughs> uh, no, imagine yeah. if the answer was two and, and a half a steak. <laughs> one cup of coffee and one steak over three days. <laughs> what a grounded, normal individual. <laughs> so what, one day, one day, you're saying? Yeah, how many cups of coffee? Well, it's sort of two questions into one. How many cups of coffee I'm... did Orson Welles drink a day? And the other question is, in one sitting, how many steaks would he often just sit down and eat? Uh, ten cups of coffee a day, three steaks in one sitting. Yeah, because what's a lot of coffee? A, a lot of coffee, I would say, is anything more than five okay. cups a day. Because since lockdown, I drink a lot more coffee, and I've <laughs> how many cu- how many cups are you on a day? Well, I, I have three regularly a day. Which what happens right. if you go to four? I don't know because I always feel a bit ill after the. It, after enduring the third so you, you wonder why i'm having it really yeah it's not I, a good mix I, for me I, I i go real overboard if i have too much coffee the mix the mix of coffee and coffee and coffee is a bad mix for sure oh, actually yeah. on that note a mixture of a lot of coffee and a lot of steak i really is not it's not going to be good for your gut is it <laughs> no, no, that, no i don't i don't think coffee is the first thing i think oh i'll have this steak with a nice <laughs> Yeah. Naked, yeah. <laughs> naked woman jumping into your arm or not you don't want to share a hotel room with someone who's got a diet like it's that it's very 40s isn't it it's very 40s yeah, it's quite, so, I mean, it's I'm going to have to press uh, you anyway. both for an answer Sean yeah I said to your answer 10 cups of coffee and 3 steaks in a city nice I'm going to go 8 coffees 5 steaks okay <laughs> this is absolutely unbelievable no. Um, so when principal photography began, well, Orson Welles was suffering from the effects of caffeine poisoning because he oh was drinking God. thirty to forty cups of oh, coffee a day. That's more than that's almost that's almost two an hour. <laughs> oh yeah. my God! That's insane. And- uh, he sh- he switched to tea during filming, figuring that the hassle of brewing it would uh, naturally limit his intake. But he had someone to make the tea for him. And within two weeks, he turned the colour of tea. He turned the colour of tannic acid, he said. 30 Jesus. to 40? What about, what about the steaks? What about the steaks? The steaks? He'd put away two or three large steaks. You let me down, Orson. Sean Duell. Uh, he would go days so I... without eating and then would just put away two or three large steaks with side items in one sitting. This is all according to Ruth Warwick. So, would you know what? He sounds like a super healthy guy. <laughs> I was gonna. It sounds like the forties, and it's just like anecdotes are more important than any sort yeah. of health, any physical health or mental health. It's just like, oh, he's just down in coffee and eating steaks. Everything's great. Well, in the forties, I believe they prescribed coffee if you had a headache. You'd have to go and get two cups of two cups of Joe. Mm. I believe is what they called it at the time. Yeah. Um, thirty to forty, yeah. and he sleeps presumably. Well, maybe not with that much coffee. No, I doubt. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to. I think he's just constantly working. But let's let's say he slept for like even three hours a night, which you know over a long period of time that's going to kill you anyway. That's that's like that could be three coffees an hour. That's just non-stop. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder how big the cups were. Maybe it's like you know how people in the past they say were shorter. Maybe cups were like an inch high. Maybe he had tiny hands, very trumpy. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was just having thimbles of coffee. <laughs> so he actually had the equivalent of two coffees a day, but they wanted to make it more impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, question number three. Why, during filming, would the cast suddenly start playing softball on set? Because it was the 40s, damn it. And this is USA. <laughs> Mm. was it because they were all absolutely pissed out of their minds that's not a bad guest guess for for a later um oh, okay. bit of trivia but it's not yeah, it's not correct i at think all. orson wells took okay. large breaks in between filming and so they had to do something to fill the time oh it was. He yeah, took coffee and shitting breaks. <laughs> <laughs> Just, <laughs> and he had to do it at the same time. Yeah, you time. had to. Uh, no, to keep those numbers up. Yeah, yeah. You yes. got once you once you're known as a guy who drinks that amount of coffee a day. You're like, oh, I've got a, I've got a reputation to uphold. Um, so they actually played softball on set because uh, Orson had various problems with the film executives not respecting the contract, which the contract said he was a first time director. Right. And the contract said no one could interfere and no one's allowed to see the rushes of the film. And I'm editing it. Suck a butt. I don't know if suck a butt was in there, but suck I imagine it was. Um, so suck a butt. See, it's the thighs. <laughs> Give me a cup. Oh, yeah. um, so the executives would sometimes arrive on set unannounced and the entire cast and crew would suddenly stop um, shooting and just start playing softball until they left. Wow. Whenever people say softball, or indeed when I say softball, or read softball, I imagine kickball from recess. Okay, yeah, oh, yeah. nice. So that's why I imagine I always, playing. I always get dodgeball confused with softball, but softball's just baseball, but with a bigger ball, right? Is yeah, the ball so. soft? Yeah, I, I, so. I would imagine so. Question number four. <laughs> Answering the big questions. <laughs> why did opera singer gene forward which is very close to lean forward um, <laughs> gene forward why I mean, that's got to be a joke g- <laughs> no, I, well i actually had just i'd written it down without saying it out loud um, why did opera singer gene forward not want to be credited in the film because his name was gene forward and <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, because the depiction of her, her, her was bad? <laughs> Sean, I'm going to give you the points there because that's pretty much spot on. Um, is she basically... Oh, sorry, just, is she the, the one that sang opera that Sean saw in his 10 minutes, do you reckon? That's yeah, it, I baby. Think... Oh, so okay. that wasn't her. It was dubbed over. Um, so Susan is that character. Um her voice was provided by a professional opera singer who under the director's, uh, Orson Welles' direction, sorry, sang outside of a vocal range. Um, so she agreed to do it on the condition that her identity was never revealed, fearing it would harm her career. Because people would be like, why the hell is this San Francisco opera singer singing out of her range? That's a crazy thing to do. Uh, but now we know. She was Jean Forward of the San Francisco And it, you opera. heard it here first, guys. Here... <laughs> Uh, unless Gene Forward is like a, a position that you play in opera. Oh. <laughs> like the centre forward, you know? Yeah, I'm Gene Forward. I, I'm, <laughs> oh, I'm Gene Back. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm the Gene Forward in the New York choir. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, but I'll never sing out of my range. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> what was question number five? What was Herman J. Mankovich's uh, con? What was he contract? He was the writer. Take two. What was the writer Herman J. Mankovich contractually bound not to do? So that's Gary Oldman in this film that's out now. Um, yeah, I believe so. Uh, <laughs> he was not allowed to do something during the film's pre pre production and production. I'm going to say something like he wasn't allowed to. Change. He wasn't allowed to watch it being filmed or something. Sounds like. Orson Welles really took mm. the uh, took the reins from everybody. I was going to say he was locked out once it was written. He couldn't do any rewrites or anything. I like. Was I he like not allowed? Answer. Was he not allowed on set? Another good answer. Both stupid and wrong. Damn. He was not allowed yeah. to drink. He was not allowed to drink. He was an alcoholic, oh. so contractually he was not allowed to drink. Oh, that's good. But I'm sure they did. Did they get him any help? Did they just say no? You can't drink. <laughs> I think it was the 40s, yeah, it was the 40s. Sean. Heroin was available at the <laughs> dentist. They were like, don't drink, see? And that was it. Alcoholic, have you tried <laughs> not drinking it? <laughs> that's, that's how you deal with addiction and, uh, and you know, mental illness. You just go, stop it. <laughs> just just stop, um, will you? Uh, for a bonus point, how did they make certain bits of the film look grainy? How did they make the specifically the bits of the news footage? They wanted it to look grainy uh they smeared dirt on the camera lens smeared dirt on the camera lens sam um i've got no they they purposefully made it out of focus i don't know both good guesses uh they literally took the footage and dragged the footage like the film across a stone floor and ran a cheesecloth filled with sand over it jesus christ and so do i get do i get a point for dirt yeah, do it on the lens, man. That's pretty yeah, good, Sean. Come pretty on, good guess. Come on. The, the efforts, the the efforts that they did so well. One of the cinema distributors complained to the production company to be like, "This film is of inferior quality," <laughs> because they did it on purpose. What a practical effect! But it's like a post-production practical yeah, effect. That's mad. Crazy, right? Because what happens if that goes wrong and you look at the footage and it's just ruined because you've dragged yeah. it through the dirt? Yeah. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, oh, God, that's four weeks of my life. I won't get back. Yeah, so that's that's my six questions. Uh, and I'm going to give uh, Sean um, 39 points and Sam 39 and a half oh. points. Oh, Close. Absolute favouritism. Fully earned. Okay, yeah, here come absolutely. my five. Sam was Here come my five. And obviously I'm going to give all the points to whoever. We'll find out as we oh. play trivia. <laughs> okay. Well named yeah, nice. Edwards. So we're say this is question number seven because Will did an extra one. Um, yeah. So, uh, by the way, my my trivia was dry as fuck. <laughs> it like it was like reading an essay at the British Library, um, but I managed to scrape together five questions. So here Amazing. we go. This film is widely regarded as the best of all time and voted number one in film polls. Until 2012, when it was knocked off the top spot by what film? Ooh. Knocked off the top spot. When did the Emoji Movie come out? <laughs> <laughs> well, what are you saying? Come on. I'm saying The Shawshank Redemption, man. I know that's the top of most things. And I, I, yeah, I know that's that a good guess. It's a good guess. Am I allowed to, am I allowed to give the same Sam? answer? Yeah, I mean... Is wrong, but yeah. Okay, hold on, hold on. Fuck. You've, uh, <laughs> you've accidentally let slip yeah, something I'll actually change my answer as well. <laughs> yeah. I'll change my answer. You're not allowed now. Um, with that knowledge, I'm going to say 
The Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. Good, good answer. Um, I'll give you the answers now, because why not? Uh, yeah. The answer is actually Vertigo by Alfred Bumcock. Okay. In 2012. Yeah, Vertigo knocked off the top spot. Yeah, I think I think it was kind of a revised thing, and they were like, "Actually, Vertigo is better, in our opinion. Let's let's uh, let's do that." So that's how what happened. Uh, question number eight: For the nightclub scenes in this film, Orson Welles did something to actor Dorothy Cummingore, what a name, <laughs> um, to give her voice a harsh and raspy tone. But what was it? Oh, he probably did something awful to it. He probably like put strychnine in a drink or something he sounded <laughs> there was i saw a little bit of trivia that apparently it was awful to to one of the women on set and i i think it might have been uh, it's he made a scream yeah, that he made a scream all that's, day that's what i would guess but i'll say something different you always hear stories of uh, like auteurs being horrible to female actresses um i'm gonna say yeah, yeah. I, I i think it's screaming but i want to say something different because i want a point and i want will to have no points so i'm gonna say yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he put sand in a drink Hmm. not bad guesses guys the answer is actually he sprayed her throat with chemicals jesus christ oh my god i thought that was noteworthy just because it's so horrible it's the forties. it's not painting a good image of orson welles no No. he's just downing coffee assaulting women (laughs) um but a good a good guess is i think i'll give you both a half point for guesses because they're kind of you know, as bad as what he did. So, you know. Question number nine. Yeah, at Which least we musician... put ours in a drink. Yeah. Like, he didn't even have the decency to <laughs> yeah. put it in a cup of Coke. At least we... Exactly. He just went, look, do you know what? I won't even disguise it. Where are the chemicals? I'm just going to spray your throat. <laughs> do, you reckon, <laughs> like, do you reckon he was up front with her about it? Or was he like, open wide, I've got something for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think he probably said, oh, you're, you're going you're gonna to be great, honey. Like, this is what you need to get by in Hollywood. And that was it. Wasn't, she, just wasn't said, she the actress in it who was pregnant at the time of filming? Oh, don't tell me that. Because there was one of the actors who was, who was in it who was pregnant at the time of filming. Well, it wouldn't surprise me. Okay, next question. <laughs> um, Women can get pregnant. Music- Sean knows that. <laughs> <laughs> which musician wrote a song... In the point of view of Charles Foster Kane, containing quotes from the film. Oh, sorry. Say, say, say it again. Sorry, I d- did you? Was I too far? I, I just missed the beginning. Which? Okay. Which musician wrote a song in the point of view of Charles Foster Kane, can tell from the point of view, containing quotes from the film? I'm. Not. It's not. I'll give you a clue. It's not an old musician. It's not an old musician. Oh. No. I thought I thought I'd heard this song. I thought it was a song that goes a little something like this. Xanadu. Xanadu. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, the famous Xanadu song from the uh, 1954 that, I, film. Mate, that's a that's a goddamn song. I thought it was I'm not making it I up. thought it was Xanadu. Xanadu Xanadu Xanadu. No. No, that's also not sure how Waterloo not, goes. Are you sure it's not? I really, really, really want a Zanazandu. <laughs> if you want a Zanadu. No, oh God. <laughs> you got to get with my do. Anyway. This is, it's just. 
No, it's uh, a song. Come on, I need a guess, for fuck's sake, guys. Come it's on. It's obvious, it's Skrillex. Uh, Kylie Minogue. <laughs> okay, Kylie Minogue and Madonna. Skrillex. The answer is Jack White from The White oh, Stripes. Big fan of Awesome Wells. Sounds like a bit of a dick. Right, here comes your next question. You guys are doing awful. <laughs> um, How well do people normally do at these bits? I mean, pretty well. I'm not just, you know... I mean, Christian was really good, wasn't don't, he? Don't tell me that. Yeah. <laughs> Olivia Newton-John uh, sang what, what you, a song oh, right. about Zanadu. Okay. Which president of the US has been known on occasion to say that this is their favourite film to sound smart? Uh, tr- Trump? Yeah, to, the, the addition of to sound could be, smart. Could be, could be think... w, w. Bush. Oh, that's a good guess. Which one are you going for, Sam? I'll go for the other one. Uh, I'll go for... I don't think... Trump would even know it as a film to make him look smart. I'm going to go with <laughs> W. W. Bush, George Jr. Will? Yeah, I think. What do you think Trump's favorite film is? Uh, have you seen the Thomas the Tank Engine movie? <laughs> no, that's my favorite. I imagine he has. That's it. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it was George George W. Bush. I don't think people like Obama need to say anything to sound clever they've got that in the bag it's the dumb ones they need right. to uh... okay well uh, you know it was actually trump Damn, it. it was trump Ooh. yeah you should have gone with your gut there eh? you should have gone with so... your gut uh last question of my trivia round uh why did joseph cotton who is the actor uh choose to go and buy a visor hat for his interview scene uh, is it because in the film you never see his face? Because there's certainly a character that you never see his face in the last ten minutes. Oh right, okay. Is it like blacked out, like sort of silhouetted? Yeah, uh, it's the it's the reporter. You, you you just never see his face. He's always even when you see other people's faces, oh, okay. his face is always in shade. Okay, so you're saying you never see his face, Will? Um, these are interview scenes with a guy uh, who who plays a character. I don't know quite what character it is, but. Uh, I think he's an old man. I think he was really um, he was really self-conscious about the skin damage from from the sun uh, that he was getting under his eyes, and so he wore a little visor to keep keep his uh, uh, face un sunburned. Right. Yeah. All Probably. good answers, what but actually the uh, the right answer is that he uh, he had a really unconvincing wig from the makeup team. Uh, which uh, he was really unhappy with. So he just went out and bought a visor hat uh, to cover it up. Um, well, I, so, guys, <laughs> I'm going to give you half a point each for the chemicals question, just because that was ridiculous. Right. Um, so you did all right. Out of 85, uh, I'm going to say uh, Will got 25. Sam, you got 29. Nice. I win. Yeah, Sam win. wins. I got... Uh, just by virtue of taking part in two um, two rounds, you have way more points <laughs> because I think, than any of us. I think I scored half a point in all eleven questions. Yeah, yeah we don't really uh, we don't really keep to the scoring system. Yeah, I, it's sort I of thank more. You. A... Thank you for that. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah no, we we just kind of favour we favour uh, people we like. Yeah, uh, and you're you're doing way better than Christian did. Oh shucks! Just so you know. Um. <laughs> The I have a question for both of you. Did you ever play The Sims? Uh, no, I didn't. When I, was, I played, I, no, played I The Sims and The Sims Two, but I never, never got into the third. 
So, Sam, <laughs> did you ever have to type in a cheat code to make some more money? Of course. Do you remember the cheat code? Um, was it? I thought it was Motherload, but that might be for something else. That is, I think that might have been SimCity. Oh, yeah. Love SimCity. I didn't know I knew the distinction between the two. I'm pr- the one the Sims I played, one of the cheats was Rosebud. Oh. Uh. And hearing Rosebud in this context <laughs> so much, I suddenly was like, wait a minute, why have I typed Rosebud before? And it's because of the Sims. And I don't know why what relevance that has. Do you remember what the cheat was it the money Ooh. cheat? Yeah, yeah, it was to give you money. Ooh. So there you go. There you go, guys. If you want to have a cheat on Sims, Rosebud. Rosebud. Oh, or okay. I've, I've just Googled it. If you type in Rosebud or Kaching, you'd earn a thousand simoleons. Kaching. Type in Motherload. I, I remember Kaching. Motherload was 50,000 simoleons. So I was there typing in a thousand fifty times uh, and you were doing it sensibly. <laughs> so. And I was just Thanks saying us. Motherload and Rosebud for for nothing I, I wasn't playing the game i was just running around going mother load rosebud well, that's pretty much all he does in the film to be honest <laughs> yeah that's the only through line that we have is him shouting about uh, seeds and bulbs i don't um, so i'm Sean, looking forward to yeah go on sorry no no, no you you keep looking forward tell us well, what you're looking forward to sure i'm just happening? looking forward to seeing what the hell all this rosebud's about yeah yeah i can't wait for it to come into like my head and be like oh my god so, uh, um, with all this trivia and stuff, do we think we're any closer to knowing what this film's about? Yeah, yes. I think so. No. I'd like the two of you to act out the film. You've got a full minute. You're going to act out the film. Uh, Sam, you're going to play Citizen mm-hmm. Kane. Sean, you'll be playing... Uh, and you can also play whoever you want, but you'll, Sam's in charge, is what I'm saying, Sean. So don't fuck about okay, it, right? Okay, yeah. um, And take it away, boys. Go. Listen here. I own a media empire and I may well be a communist. See? <gasps> a communist in 1941? It can't be true. Who is this man? Rosebud? No, I'm not Rosebud. That I'm pretty sure of. I reckon this <laughs> opera singing dame, she might be my Rosebud. Bang! I break through the door and a... Naked woman is thrown into my arms. What you gonna do about it? <laughs> Currently, we're both Citizen Kane, see? <laughs> we're both communists? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Let's, let's go to the florist and see what we can find there. Absolutely. But first, let's between us have 80 coffees and six steaks. <laughs> And see. Why not play some softball? <laughs> sorry, sorry, Sean. I was really, I was like, we're out no, of time. It's fine. Was... it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Softball um, was a good, a good little kicker at the end there. It was no a good little intended. kicker. I've actually got a little game. I thought would be fun to oh. play if that's all right. You flipping yes, please. Absolutely. Yeah, is that all right? So yeah. I, I got, I, I made up a game that I thought could be fun. There's, uh, there's quite a lot of canes guys in the world. Uh, famous canes. And I, uh, I've made up a game where you have to guess which cane was it. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna say some, some, some quotes, uh, and you have to tell me which cane it was. And I'm gonna do them all in the style of a 1940s American uh, actor. Nice. So you don't. There's no like points for guessing who it is from accents because mm-hmm. they're all the same, guys. But. You have to guess whether it is Citizen Kane, as in Orson Welles, mm-hmm. Michael Kane, 
as mm-hmm. in blow the bloody doors yeah, off. Rosebud. Yeah. Or uh, <laughs> Harry Kane, the famous England captain and Tottenham Hotspur football player. Right. Yeah. Or Kane. Are you ready? From the Bible. Right. Also, yeah, but I didn't, I didn't get that far. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Which Kane was it? First one. <clears throat> you come up against challenges in life and it's how you deal with them that defines you. Okay, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say them, and you have to guess uh, which one you think it is. That's that's Harry Kane, I uh, reckon. That's Citizen Kane, okay. I reckon. Okay, so you're saying Citizen Kane. I'm gonna write who says. Should we what? just say Harry, Michael, or Citizen? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, perfect. That uh, saves a few seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Nice. It's all about the time saving. <laughs> Speak quickly, okay. Sean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> There's only one person who's going to decide what I'm going to do, and that's me. That's Michael. Oh, I was going to guess Michael. Michael. Uh, I think that is Citizen. You're okay. getting convinced Perfect. by the accent, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah, yes, yeah. I think I, think I may be only hearing then. the accent at this stage. <laughs> All right, here that comes another sounds one. sounds well American. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, everyone's different, but I love just settling down and having a barbecue with my friends at the house. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? You you go, Will. I've gone first. As Harry, yeah, it is Harry, citizen. So obviously Harry. <laughs> Harry. Yeah, we're just we're staying. You know, we're keeping it fresh, making sure we don't say the same thing. Have a steak. No she. Uh, here comes your next one. I try never to go too high or too low. You just have to keep that medium. Like, I stopped listening because Sean's accent, I think, developed by about 20 years. <laughs> like, he moved <laughs> 20 years forward. Um, I think that was Kane the Wrestler, The Undertaker's brother. Mm, good shout. Okay, Kane the Wrestler. Really good shout. Good shout, mate. The guy's a bit of a blast from the past. Sam? Uh, I'm going to say that's Citizen. Some of us want to take this Citizen seriously. Kane. Some of us need to win. Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, my wife. My daughters, even my grandchildren are funny. You gotta keep a sense of humor because anger destroys you. Granddaughters. That sounds like it. Was. I, I think that locks Harry out. I think. <laughs> yeah, he's 27. <laughs> nice, nice, nice detective work, guys. Who are you saying? That's, uh, that's Mickey. That's Michael. You think that's Michael? Yeah. Right. Will? I think that was sugar cane. Sugar cane, the, perfect. The, the sh- you just sugar. Yeah, yeah just sugar, sugar cane. Yeah. The, the, before it's crystallized. And My biggest weakness is steak. <laughs> I have to be careful not to eat too much of it these days. Well, my internet went. But I do love it done medium rare with peppercorn sauce. Okay, so. Uh, We've heard about Kane that enjoys steak earlier. Uh, so that's why I'm going to say... Oh, I bashed the mic. That's why I'm going to say... Walking Kane. Walking Kane. Brilliant. My, will? my internet dropped out. I, I didn't hear any of what you said. I didn't oh, hear mate, I'm all. going to have to do it so, again. I, no, no, I'm going to have a guess. I think it was probably Terry Crews. Terry Crews. Okay. The famous Kane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, last one, guys. 
Old age is the only disease you don't look forward to being cured of. Bit of a dark one for you guys, but mm. you know. I actually, I actually know this one because I, I've, I saw it when I was researching my trip. Oh, for God's sake, Will! So you saw whilst you were tried... whilst you were researching Citizen Kane, you saw this quote from Harry Kane, did you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I was looking up yeah. Harry Kane, and uh, I was also looking at Glenn Thomas Jacobs, who's Kane the wrestler. Oh mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're quite ph- philosophical people. Yeah, realize shouldn't have revealed any of that because I mean it's just redundant. Now, isn't well, it? Will, so... you're going to say um, Kane the wrestler, and yeah. Sam, you're you're going to say uh, I'll probably say T Pain. T-Pain. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, um, here goes. It does sound like it might have been auto-tuned, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> right, here we go. So the first one. Um, you come up with challenges in life, and it's how you deal with them that defines you. That is Harry yeah, Kane. Of course it so is. Sam, you got that one right. Yeah. Uh, next one is, there's only one person who's going to decide what I'm going to do, and that's me. Uh, Will, you said Citizen Kane. Sam, you said Michael Caine. That's actually Citizen Kane. So, Will, you got that one right? Yeah. Obvious, obviously, everyone's different. This is a difficult one, actually. Obviously, everyone's different, but I love just settling down and having a barbecue with my friends at the house. <laughs> <laughs> That's Harry Kane. You both got that right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Lovely like little insight. Yeah, a lovely little insight into his personal life. I try to never get too high or too low. You just have to keep that medium. Um, you both got that wrong, guys. That was Harry Kane. I mean, whatever that, that means, what I've got talk- no idea. He's talking about the heat on the barbecue, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, I yes. think so, yeah, How to yeah. properly cook uh- a brisket. <laughs> <laughs> got to go for that medium. My wife, my daughters, even my grandchildren are funny. you got to keep a sense of humour because anger destroys you. That's Michael Kane. Michael Kane. Uh, so, oh, Sam, yeah. you got that one right. Uh, my biggest weakness is steak. I have to be careful not to eat too much of it these days, but I do love it done medium rare with peppercorn sauce. That is Harry Kane. That's Harry. So neither of you got that right. Well, That's he Harry. Loves, he loves barbecues. We should have known. He loves barbecues, guys. <laughs> and the last one, old age is only a disease you don't look forward to being cured of. That's Citizen Kane. So not the wrestler and not too No. Kane. Guys, you did all right. Uh, I'm going to say, Sam, 15 out of 85. Will, 16 out of that's 85. Fair. Well done, oh, Will. That's more than fair. That's pretty. That's equals equals. I like it. Um, so, guys, we're coming We're coming up to the end of the podcast. Um, what I'd like to do before we go is, because this, this film is about a billionaire, uh, it seems to be about like a mogul who's in charge of everything. I thought you guys could give me some... This is sort of inspired by Sam's podcast, Bad Clowns Film Ooh, Pitch, nice, where they nice do plug, things with films. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, I, sorry, I was just showing my butt plug on the Zoom call there. That's why <laughs> Sam said that. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to shout out some modern billionaires and you're going to pitch me the film, like the elevator pitch film for them. Um, and I've chosen the five richest women in the world. So I'll read them out. And we probably don't know who they are because of the patriarchy. It's like, who's the richest dude in the world? But this, uh, you're going to give me the elevator pitch of these, these, uh, women's films in your 1940s best one line pitch accent that you can. Okay. So Sam, you start with you. Francois Betancourt Mayers. She is the CEO of L'Oreal. 
what is the film about her life called and what's it going to be like? Uh, <laughs> the film's called Because You're Worth It. Okay, uh, so she runs this uh, this shampoo company corporation uh, until one day all her hair falls out in the middle of a pitch. Suddenly she's got a, she realizes there's a market to tap into shampoo for baldies. <laughs> shampoo for baldies coming soon. Uh, okay, Sean, your your uh, billionaire is. Um, Jacqueline Mars, who's the daughter mm. of the Mars Candy Company dynasty. Oh. Okay. All right. So this one's called Chocolate, and it's about a visit to Mars uh, to find the chocolate that everyone's been looking for. This one woman thinks that Mars is made of chocolate. She, she goes in a rocket to Mars and eats Mars, oh. and then she makes a chocolate bar, but she never gets to try it, because they just rain down on planet Earth. <laughs> I must say, Sam did a much better job of making it sound like he wasn't making it up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I like it. I, I think we, we talk, the, the twist there is that about? she thinks Mars is made of chocolate, and so then eats mm. Mars all in one go. That, that knocked me for six. Yeah, yeah. No one yeah, saw yeah, that yeah. coming. No one did. <laughs> um, I also like that it's called Chocolate. So it's, it's close <laughs> to the film Ch- Chocolat, <laughs> but it's not. Yeah. That extra E distinguishes it. This is a film about all action. There's no romance involved. Um, we'll do the final pitch, which is both of you together have come into Netflix to pitch this film, uh, which okay. is about Ju- Julia <laughs> Koch. I believe it's pronounced Koch. It could be Koch. <laughs> It's up to you guys, K-O-C-H. Okay. Uh, she yeah, has a massive, Koch. like maybe a 42% share in Koch or Koch or Koch Industries, which is an American multinational corporation based in Wichita, Kansas. Its subsidiaries involve manufacturing, refining, distribution of petroleum, chemicals, energy, etc. So I'd like to hear your pitch to Netflix for Julia Koch's film. Go! I'll, I'll, I'll take the first first line if that's all right, Sean. So the movie... Yeah, no problem. I'm, I've got to eat my, my cheese. So you go ahead. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something else. <laughs> the, uh, the movie's called The Erection of Cock. And it's sort of an origin story of the company itself. We get its roots right down from the... From, 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 from the uh, fr- uh, uh, Sean, take it away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, we get its roots right down from the roots of the tree. And uh, this is all about barks of trees, but it's also about oil. And uh, there's lots of globs and lots of blobs. And uh, she's covered in blobs and globs uh, of oil because it's all about oil. Yeah, so we're kind of looking at a big oily cock at this point. She's covered in the stuff. She's got the trees. She's got the globs. And it's really about combining these things. Yeah, and, and we're we're cutting down trees. We're 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 making oil, and uh, she's in the center of it, just in a complete mess. And uh, the rest is complete pandemonium. You could say it's a cock up. <laughs> uh, guys, I, I like your ideas. They're really great. Uh, the oil and the cock stuff is a bit crude, but I'll allow it. So do you? <laughs> 
Do you have anyone in mind who's going to play the main character? Yeah, we got a guy called... Uh... A guy? <laughs> we got... No, no. What I mean is a, is a guy... You know, could be could be a woman, could be a man. But uh, what I'm I, saying is... I would prefer is... the main part of the, the, the actual real-life woman of Julia Cock. Even if it does sound a bit silly. I'd like it if she was played by a woman. Fine. She'll be played... She's, we got this perfect actress called... Julia Camembert, and uh, she's she's ready to go when you want. <laughs> okay, and Sam, you're gonna be you're gonna be writing it. Are there any action sequences that you desperately want in the film? Absolutely. So we get to the scene. I, I'm pretty sure we covered the whole thing, but the trees are alive. Uh, I think we mentioned that they're alive and they're evil. Yeah, yeah. And so this is kind yeah. of a kind of an anti stance on your environmental bullshit. And she's going to be taking down these trees one by one with an axe. They've got their own kind of branch weapons. Uh, and, and honestly, Julie, she's going to she's going to smash. She's going to run away with it. Yeah. Right. So yeah. it's sort yeah. of like the Terminator meets the ants in Lord of the Rings. That's it. Yeah. Sort of like sort of like Walking Dead meets, uh, you know. The UN. <laughs> wow, that was a curveball at the end there. I like that. I think I'm gonna. I think Netflix would probably buy, uh, cock it up. Well, I th yeah, I think. Uh, I think with Netflix, the most important thing is enthusiasm during the pitch because there's a lot of shit on there. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, any final thoughts from you, little bums, about <laughs> Citizen Kane? Uh. I feel like I got more excited about talking around the film than the film. But I mean, looking forward to watching what is described as one of the best films in the world. Of all time, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah I just um, I just can't imagine it is the best film of all time if it's not The Germinator, is, is my main concern. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you have outpitched the I th film itself there, Sam. <laughs> I think also there are so many films, maybe... Maybe it was that kind of film before lots of other films got made. Because I do think there are films now that probably are contenders for that. Yeah, I've, I've, got, a, I've got a serious point to make, actually. Um, you said that at the time uh, it might have been received so well because it was kind of uh, not... It was different and not been done. Films weren't done in that way. And so maybe at the time, mm -hmm. as a reaction to films at the time, you can appreciate what it's kind of fighting against. But at this point, with no reference point for what it's reacting against, it just seems like a bit of a mess. Yeah. Yeah. Also, well, I probably think. Sorry, go. On. Well, the film starts without listing any of the stars in it. Like it cold opens. It's got like one initial thing and then it just starts. And apparently that had never happened before in film. Yeah. They're... And that's like a common. Yeah. That's not uncommon. They've now. got that. Um... So it's great. Oh, they've got the. At the end, before the credits, they've got like each actor and then their name, sort of like what they would have had at the beginning at the time. Mm. Oh, right. So it was groundbreaking, really. And I guess it was about a subject that was quite inspiring, I guess, in the in the sense that people were watching it at a time when, like, you know, that kind of politics was like, oh, that's what we need, you know, after the war and stuff. Because it was popular after the war more than it was when it came out, I think. It, w it would be like, yeah, it, well, it really got hampered at the start, the, the release, because this guy... Um, the the guy who it's like lampooning and and attacking, um, Hurst. He pushed. He like squashed the film. It'd be sort of like someone making a really 
damage it. But it wouldn't because it's all this stuff comes before it. But it, the closest I can think is someone doing a real like expose and like making fun directly of Rupert Murdoch. Like yeah. it'd be that kind mm. of thing. And then mm. he would be like, well, don't print any stories about this film. That kind of vibe. But Rupert Murdoch is inherently evil. And so everyone involved in the film would be dead or imprisoned by the end of the week. There'd be no naked <laughs> ladies accosting them in their hotel rooms, I think. Yeah, yeah. If he was resorting to like 1941 sort of music hall style <laughs> uh, schemes to stop him, then it'd be it'd be a nicer world, yeah, for sure. Um, I think we've come to the end. Have you got any final final things to say, buttheads? I'm referring to the film, obviously. Uh, no, not really. Great. I'm looking forward to telling you what I think. Yeah. Sam, you're looking forward to watching it. Yeah. Um, something I didn't mention actually that is noticed when I watched my chunk is that there's is he's got some either some really plasticky skin or some quite bad prosthetics to make him look older at the end. Um, so I'm looking forward to. I hope there's a young bit with him young and it's not just a hundred percent prosthetic. <laughs> well, there's only one way to find out. We'll go back and watch it. But before we go, thank you for listening, everybody. Thank you for downloading this. If you liked it, please subscribe and like it more. Um, but don't just do that. Listen to Sam, because uh, Sam has lots of things to plug, I'm sure. Like his wedding. Come to his wedding. <laughs> That's right. We're doing the first live <laughs> podcast wedding, and it's going to be an absolute <laughs> smash. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so, uh, well, thanks for having me, guys. It's been it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, I've got an Instagram and a Twitter, they're both Samuel John Walls, which is my full name, which I don't know if is wise, but that, there it is. I'm um, also a third of Bad Clowns Comedy. We've got our own podcast, which is Bad Clowns Film Pitch, and a YouTube channel, and it's it's all Bad Clowns Comedy, or everything. For every single way you could find us, it's Bad Clowns Comedy. Nice, and you should, because they're excellent. You're excellent. Yeah, really good. Ah, uh, well, in the words of Citizen Kane, see...